on this episode of Hit the Deck. We've been highlighting hockey companies that are doing their part to fight the pandemic. Now Milek has the floor. They are making flooring for medical tents for people who are dealing on the front lines with the pandemic. And we'd like to see a return to hockey as much as anyone. But an Ironman tournament in mid-July? That's the goal. So they have a three-on-three Ironman deck hockey tournament, and it will be a fundraiser to improve the handicapped accessibility of the park that they're playing in. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in favor of it. And if they do play, please film it. Please stream it. Please put it online. Please something. Just let, let us see it, please. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 172 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers! Oh, hi, dear listener. Didn't see you there. Uh, Which is, you know, mostly because this is an audio medium and you're not sitting in my living room. So, you know, (laughs) didn't see you there. So anyway... I, I, w- I was just thinking, it's been a couple of weeks, maybe we should do a Hit the Deck. You might enjoy that. Or, you know, well, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll reassess at the end of the episode, I suppose. But uh, b- by the way, just as an aside, you know, we, we decided to take last week off because we got the podcast out a little late and we wanted to give you an opportunity to listen to it because it was such a great podcast with Mr. Joko, uh, Joe Sokoa of the the sokoa media app home of hit the deck and we wanted you to have an opportunity to check that out instead of just uh, blowing past it if we dropped a new episode too soon so that that you know full disclosure that's where we were last week we weren't anywhere we were just here and now we're here again with you where we always love to be and who is we you might ask if this is your first time listening or if you have recently suffered some kind of brain damage uh, I, I will be happy to answer that question for you. And if it is, in fact, the latter, I am so very sorry. I wish you a speedy recovery. Uh, so <laughs> regardless, I think it would be a great idea to jump straight into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, longing once more to be in goal. I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense number four, I'm James Sajazi. How you doing, pal? I'm hanging in there, but looking forward to a three-day weekend. Woo! <laughs> I I know, I know you're you're being a little tongue-in-cheek there, given your current circumstance. But I am legitimately looking forward to a three-day weekend. Good. I'm glad that somebody is, and and my brother as well. And God bless everybody out there that is working and at the recording of this podcast. Memorial Day weekend is coming up, so mm-hmm. in all seriousness, definitely Memorial Day is one of the most important days of the year. Absolutely. And, um, just have a minute to uh, just stop and think and say a prayer or thank one of our great military members that uh, made the ultimate sacrifice of giving his or her life for our freedom. And uh, thank anybody that is currently uh, serving as well and the families of all. So we appreciate that very, very much. Absolutely. Yeah. Glenn Cunningham of, of, uh, comes to mind too, a friend of the podcast. Mm. But anyway, yeah, for, for people that are working, you do need a break. As for the rest of us, mm-hmm. uh, the three-day weekends have been going on since the middle of March. So, 
<laughs> you you take them consecutively. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> it, it's 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 a lot of work to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange mm-hmm. not not earning a paycheck and seeing the bills pile up. It's a pretty scary thing. Uh, just to I mean not to diminish what you just said. I'm sure it is a scary thing, and I feel for you and for everybody who's in this situation. And of course, we all hope for a speedy end to this terrible, terrible situation in which we find ourselves. But given the situation in which we find ourselves, I just want to kind of add on to the traditional observances of Memorial Day. To that, I would like to add any you know, public servants or medical professionals or, or people who have, you know, fallen to this awful disease because they were out there on the front lines, keeping our society together in, in, you know, these, uh, very, very difficult days. So to you, I, you know, I would also like to remember those people on Memorial day. Amen. In this case, they are the the same because that's what the military does is protect us. They're, they're the front line and, mm-hmm. and as are exactly the, the doctors and nurses and also to the police, I've heard so many uh, police officers have, have passed away because of uh, COVID-19 and whatnot. So mm-hmm. that's that's horrible and something we definitely don't want to hear. And uh, you're right, the firemen, of course, and, and anybody that, that's just, uh, quote unquote, essential workers. So uh, God bless you all. Keep you all safe and uh, thank you. And hopefully that will get our lives back as sooner than later. Yeah, you said it, brother, man. Not that I'm actually your, you know, biological brother. That I don't want to confuse anybody. We are, you know. <sighs> you could do so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> My poor brother's uh, stuck with me, so just let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hey, yeah. While I've got you here, and uh-huh. the listener, while I've got you here, James, oh. I've got a little bit of news to share here on on the sports front. And there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. One more related to the podcast than the other. So I guess I'm going to start off with Major League Baseball, just because, you know, the way we do it on this podcast is we tend to start out with less relevant things and work our way towards the hockey. So let's start with baseball, because I think I can make it relevant eventually. So MLB is currently debating and discussing and negotiating with the players on a plan to start their season. It would be an abbreviated season, but it would be a season nonetheless. And the actual specifics of how they're going to do it aren't necessarily relevant because hockey and baseball are such different animals. But the part that I want to kind of talk about right now are the health and safety precautions that they're putting in place. So right now, this isn't set in stone, they're still negotiating, but right now what is being proposed is that players will be tested every few days or possibly even more often when they're traveling, when they are the the road team. They will basically be quarantined in their hotel when they're not at the ballpark. When they're at the ballpark, they're mandated to stay six feet away from each other and wear masks anytime they are not on the field. They're going to use new baseballs after pretty much every play, but that's not really new. They basically do that anyway now. In the dugout, they're going to be required to sit six feet apart, which could necessitate players sitting in the stands. 
they are going to have like a, a, a 20 man taxi squad, which is basically players on call and available to be slotted in on the roster in case one or more of the existing players, you know, come down with the virus or get hurt. But I think mostly it's because of virus precautions. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some stuff, but I mean, they're doing their best under the circumstances. If they are determined to play, they're trying to make it as sanitary an environment as they can for their players. And the reason I bring that up is because these are all things that baseball can do because baseball is a sport that is for the most part, contactless. I mean, yes, when you tag a player out with your glove, you have to get close enough to tag them. But, you know, it's not like full body contact. It's it's the tip of your arm. So this is why I, I wanted to kind of contrast that with hockey. Now, we did get some some news just today, actually, as we record about the latest plan that the NHL is considering implementing to resume or, well, really finish out what would be this season. And from what it appears like, again, no concrete details are available. They haven't announced anything, but from people familiar with the situation, it sounds like what they're looking at right now is they are considering abandoning Well, first of all, it sounds like they would probably be abandoning the rest of the regular season and going straight into the playoffs. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean they won't play any games before they start the playoffs, because I'm sure they are going to need some like training camp games and things. But I don't know if those games are going to count for anything. And that is a little bit less important given the structure of how they plan to potentially conduct the playoffs. So the plan that they are reportedly looking at right now, they are, you know, I'm going to stop saying reportedly and allegedly and considering and stuff like that. You can be assured just for the sake of me not repeating myself, you can consider it a given that anything I'm about to say is not official. So let's just assume that this is all, you know, not conjecture and speculation, but this is all just reports from people who claim to know the situation. Okay. This isn't anything that's definitive announced by the NHL. However, the reporting is that what the NHL wants to do is they are going to abandon the divisional playoff format entirely for this season. And they are going to just make it conference-based playoffs. So East conference and West conference. They are still looking at a 24-team playoffs. So only, what, seven teams would fail to make the playoffs under this? <laughs> they made it What's even, even easier. The point? I don't like, know. Just, just, just let everybody in at that point. Yeah. I mean, what? why even? Why even? Well, I know why, because then what was the point of playing the regular season? But we're nearly there anyway. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting off on a tangent. So 12 teams per conference. That's what we're looking at from a playoff standpoint. Now, the top four teams in each conference, top four teams in the East, top four teams in the West, you know, throw the divisions out the window, just rank them by points, and the top four teams in each conference would get a bye in the first round. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to play, because 
apparently they are talking about giving those four teams in each conference their own three-game tournament just to keep them fresh during that first round. So the details of that were not elaborated upon. I'm going to speculate that we're looking at, you know, the basically a, a mini tournament of, you know, two and two from each conference playing each other, then the, the two winners of those games playing each other, and then the winners of those games playing each other. So like uh, two and two on each side, then two on each side, and then one and one meeting from each conference. That's what I'm speculating on. Kind of like what they do with the All-Star game now. So, yeah, let's let's say that's, again, it wasn't elaborated on, but that's what makes logical sense given the numbers and a three-game tournament. Okay, you with me so far? Yeah, and I also like what Lou posted on our uh, Facebook page, if we could get to that in a minute too, but I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on. All right, so <laughs> from there, while they are playing each other in games that don't matter during the playoffs, which is bizarre. The other teams, the, the, uh, like the bottom eight teams, not the bottom eight teams, but the, the next eight teams from each conference would be playing each other in a traditional playoff format. And then they would go on to the next round, whoever won. And, and then from there, the, other teams that the top four would be reintegrated into the next round and then the playoffs would proceed as normal and then we'd ultimately have a cup winner hey gary here dropping in with a quick addendum from the future (laughs) so uh as luck would have it the following day the next day after we recorded this podcast the players approved the plan that I just described, minus the speculation on the three-game mini-tournament. We still don't know how that's going to work. But the players conditionally approved the 24-team conference playoff format pending negotiations on the hub cities, which they still haven't worked out, which I'm about to explain, and the health and safety precautions, which the NHL has yet to put together an acceptable plan for. So all the stuff I'm about to talk about from this point out, that is still up for debate and discussion, but the 24-team format has been locked in, and it looks like we will be getting some form of NHL playoffs this season. We now return you to your Hit the Deck podcast already in progress. The other thing that they are considering in conjunction with that is that instead of everybody playing at their home rink or, you know, having a bunch of different designated arenas around the country that teams could could kind of gather at and play at, they are currently looking at two hub cities, one for the Eastern Conference and one for the Western Conference. So all of the playoff games in question would be played in this one city for all of the teams in that conference, all 12 teams per conference. Now, I don't know what the criteria they're looking at is. If it was me, I would be looking at the number of arenas in that city, you know, that that could be proximal to where they could house these teams. 
in the hopes that you could get multiple games going, you know, at the same time or, or close to it and safety. Now, New York is the first thing that popped out at me because we have, you know, New York, New Jersey, we have three arenas within half an hour. Well, not maybe not half an hour, but within an hour's drive of each other. And, you know, if you if you're somewhere in like, I don't know, Brooklyn, let's say <laughs> that's where you are, you're you're easily, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes from any given arena or like Long Island City in Queens. So, yeah, that would be my first thought. However, you know, the the covid is very prevalent here in New York, unfortunately. Uh, even though the numbers are going down, this is still quite a hot spot for the disease. So they might say, hey, yes, the arenas are convenient, but on the flip side, there's too much danger of infection in that city. So we want to go somewhere else. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what their options are. I don't Apparently, most cities, most NHL cities have submitted a bid to be one of the host cities, the, you know, the hub cities. But again, I, I don't know. That's all speculation at this point. So that is the playoff format that they are currently considering. And the reason I brought up baseball before is regardless of where they wind up playing, and, you know, what the the format, the number of games, the number of teams, who's playing who, regardless of what they decide from that regard is, they still have to figure out protocols for safety for these players. Now, in baseball, as I said, they can get away with that kind of distancing and that kind of, you know, extra like masks when you're not out on the field and, and being extra careful, really and James, I want your opinion on this. I want to talk to you about this. See what you think. For my money, the only thing I can really think that the NHL could replicate from all of those preventative measures is, you know, you can wear masks in the locker room. You can have people's lockers spread six feet apart or more. But in terms of the, you know, the in-rink stuff... Like, you can't sit people six feet apart on the benches. I mean, you can try, but, like, you would literally have one team down the entire length of the ice. And, yeah, I guess in an emergency you could do that, but teams are not, like, they're not trained to play that way. You know, you could, I guess you could, but if you're doing a line change and, I mean... First of all, that's going to make the too many men rule for the referees. They're going to go crazy trying to keep track of who's where at all ends of the ice on both sides of the rink, because that's basically what it would have to be. The other thing is like you can't you can't wear masks on the bench because shifts in the NHL are so short that you'd be pulling them on and putting them, you know, putting them on, pulling them off constantly. You just the bottom of the bench would be littered with masks. It would be chaos, and 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 it wouldn't be sanitary, frankly, which would defeat the entire purpose. Plus, you know, just the practical consideration: the NHL is a hitting sport. You're not going to suddenly make it no contact because of what's going on. That fundamentally changes the nature of the sport. At that point, what are you even doing? I mean, we've already 
in my opinion, gotten essentially to that point. But, you know, if you were to take hitting out of the sport, then what's even the point? There's there's no way to implement the same precautions to me. And again, I want to hear what you think. There's no way to me to implement anything resembling the precautions that baseball is taking in an NHL arena. James, what do you think? Yeah, I've said this before and I'm standing by it. I'm glad that we don't have to make these decisions because, again, it's a no-win situation that uh, you're going to try very hard. Hopefully they have people thinking really hard, and, and I think they are, that are going through enormous amounts of uh, data and, and figuring things out and coming up with plans A, B through Z. But there's going to always be some sort of a roadblock in the way. And the reason why sports are the way they are is that they work so well. And you have to be the best to play these games. That's an excellent point about the bench on, in, in hockey. Uh, that, that's a strategy when, you know, the, there's one team that uh, has the long change in, in two periods. And there's another team that has the short change. So if you're yeah. going to have uh, the entire length of the ice where you have the basically... Uh, lines sit together you know three forwards usually sit together and then you have power mm-hmm. plays and penalty kills and all that so I, I can't see that working what are you going to do uh take the first row out of the um the arena there and they could turn them into a bench you know i mean they- if there's no fans in the arena then you could easily do that that's not a that honestly that's the least of the concerns i think yeah but again that's that's just a different the reason why the benches are the way they are is just for for that reason, you have offsides to consider. A great point about too many men in the ice, and a player could just jump on the, be in the zone all of a sudden. It just, yeah. I, you know, I can't figure that out. So you're really messing with the actual game itself at that point. Exactly. How are you going to take hitting out? You can't. It's it's just a part of the game. And even in deck hockey, where hitting is not allowed, uh, inadvertently you're sweating. You may. Sp- be spit sometimes who knows a mouth guard can come flying out you don't know oh that's that's something i forgot with the nmlb restrictions no spitting they're they're not it's like it's a it's now or if they adopt the rules that have been presented spitting is outlawed for this season well i can't play baseball then (laughs) but no being sarcastic there anyway exactly no spitting no sunflower seeds no tobacco Ooh, really yep because you have to spit out the juice Good golly, that's one way to force people to quit. But mm-hmm. hockey, and, and it's kind of built in too. And, and all of a sudden, hey, goalies are the smartest guys out there right now, by the way. <laughs> you guys are always being made fun of and picked on. You guys, you girls and guys are the smartest ones out there. You got the masks on already. You got the protective gear on. And, and you're at least six feet away from anybody at any given time. So well done, well, goalies. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you're saying. And yes... The goalies are better protected in this instance, but, you know, unless you switch the goalie masks from a cage to a a solid face shield, the goalie is, you know, you can still have somebody spray in the goalie's face. That's that's just a fact of the game. Exactly. Um, And also, too, what are you going to do with the referees? Are they going to have to wear rubber gloves when they're dropping the pucks and stuff like that? So I don't know. Probably. One thing that I I did appreciate, and and Gary as well, uh, that Lou put his uh, his opinion out there for what he would do if the NHL does uh, come back, hopefully when it does come back, is that you just forget about the 2019-20 season and start up from scratch next year and finish out what's left of this season next season. 
and then have the Stanley Cup final go through Christmas and then worry about the uh, 2021 season, maybe start that in like August or whatever of next year. Because again, Lou pointed out that uh, watching hockey with no fans in the stands, he's not a fan of that. And I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm a fan of that as well. So there's always something that that's going to put a monkey wrench into, into the works. Again, I don't know what the solution is. I appreciate people are trying and they're, they're, they're thinking about it and they want it to happen. Great point about the cities. New York, it, it's it's perfect. You even have the Nassau Coliseum and uh, Brooklyn, if they still have the ice there. So you have four. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're right. Four. Yeah. I forgot it, that, that Brooklyn and Nassau were both viable, technically still viable uh, locations. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Right. So, um, and they have practice facilities too, mm-hmm. where, where the NHL, obviously they're, they're not as big as uh, where the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils play, but still in a pinch, you never know. Uh, Brooklyn too. <laughs> There's a couple of ice rinks here in Queens. Of course, they have that beautiful facility right by city field. Built for the Olympics. That's exactly right. So, Well, in theory, it was built well, for an Olympic bid that never, you know, yeah. panned out. But yes, it was built of a size to accommodate the Olympics. And again, if the pandemic wasn't so bad in New York, if they finally had that uh, palace built in the Bronx there, where it was supposed to have like nine hockey rinks in that. I don't know if that's happening or not, but uh, I guess it's moot at this point. But there are options out there. So I don't know what's going on in Canada, too. Could, could Toronto handle it? I've always heard that that's such a clean, well-kept city. Maybe they're a little bit more responsible and, and the, the population isn't, isn't as big. You have the West Coast out there in, in Alberta and stuff like that. So maybe those are options. I don't know. You know, I would say, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're considering not just the U.S. I'm con- sure they're considering all the NHL cities course, that yeah. put themselves in for bids. but. I'm just wondering, I've never been to Toronto, so I don't know. I know Canada is crazy for hockey. Right. I'm sure they have plenty of ice rinks and places where people could play, but you have to consider, especially given all the precautions that they're going to need to take for this, you have to consider that it's not just the ice itself. They're going to need facilities with, you know, enough locker room and like hallway and, and just enough empty space to spread people out and accommodate all the testing or, you know, whatever precautionary measures they need to take in the arena, which a lot of places probably don't have that kind of backstage space. I say backstage because I'm a theater person, but they don't have that kind of backstage space to accommodate this paradigm. It's it's not designed for that exactly. So right, uh, like everybody keeps saying, this is all unprecedented, and we're kind of making it up as we go along. And I appreciate the effort that people are putting into it to get mm-hmm. us through this nonsense. And enough yeah, is absolutely. enough, you know. Of course. So again, I, I'm throwing in the towel. I don't know. I haven't given it as much thought as I'd like because obviously there are other problems and and things in our uh, personal lives to deal with. But um, again, I don't think. Whatever solution it's going to be to salvage what's left of this this stupid 2020 year, you know, and uh, obviously the NHL has the, their season to finish and then get into the Stanley Cup finals, which we should be right in the thick of things right now in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs at the recording of this podcast. So, mm. you know, uh, I, I, I have no solution. But uh, again, I just appreciate anybody that's trying 
And I only would assume that if there is a solution or baseball, hockey or NBA, whatever it is, that you're probably going to have to take the fans out of it just to be safe. But for hockey, that's all excellent points you made up, you brought up. And, and that's why I think it can't be done, at least not right now, is that one of the things we've always heard, too, in, in, in the NHL specifically, and, and obviously the NBA, too, when you have these players right on top of one another is like the flu. It, it, they, they pass the flu around real quick on mm-hmm. hockey teams and, and NBA teams because they're on Absolutely, top of one yeah. another. You can't help it. It's not, No one's trying to do it deliberately. It's just right. that's... You share a locker room. Uh, and you, yeah. Oh, by the way, that's apparently one of the sticking points for, for baseball players. Showers. <laughs> exactly. You so, know, I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Athlete's foot is one thing, and this is much more severe than athlete's foot. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I that's my my. When it's all said and done, I do not know because sports, as we know it, as we love it, they've all been taken away from us. Uh, I appreciate what the PGA is doing. I appreciate what NASCAR is doing, and, and I think other races are are, are going to start uh, start back up, like Indy Series and things like that, and uh, Formula One. It's just really odd. I guess you just got to get used to it in, in the interim and uh, there'll be no fans involved. We could watch it on TV. That's We've been stuck in our houses anyway. So at least if we have some new sports, I'm not going to, beggars can't be choosers. So I think you have to start it right there that you take the fans out of the equation. But then you got all those other uh, problems to deal with, with the, the mm-hmm. players and the nature of the games themselves and of the sports themselves. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. We don't have all the answers, as you said, but uh, listener... Maybe you have some, or at least some opinions, and we'd love to hear them. Email us at hit the deck. Deck is spelled D-E-K. Hit the deck at gmail.com. We can be got on Twitter at hit the deck pod. Facebook and Instagram, we're at hit the deck. Like, we're not hard to find. We want to hear from you just the way we heard from Lou. And just by the way, to throw in my two cents on what Lou said, I agree with him. I think that's a great plan. It'll never happen. Never in a million years. They will lose way too much money if they throw away an entire season, you know, finishing out this year, next year, and, and then just preparing for the fun. There's, it's not going to happen. Like, unless they are, you know, governmentally or medically forbidden from holding a, a full season or, or something approaching a full season next year, then they're, they're not, they're not going to go for it. Uh, as much as I think it would be a practical solution, I, I don't see any of those owners voting for that and i also think it's a sore spot for the nhl as well with all the lockouts that they've had uh all of the lockouts Mm -hmm. but you know relatively over the last uh, couple of decades so because they do have formats already set up for round robin Mm -hmm. tournaments and things i mean the original stanley cup playoffs were round robin you know and then they have their uh obviously the olympics tournaments and then but they had the the world cup and and stuff like that so if they do something in, in 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 like if they just start the postseason as a, again we've said this on the podcast too that if the season were to start today so for mm-hmm. the, the the teams that as of right now that were in the playoffs I guess the the teams like and I'm saying this as a Ranger fan too which which hurts me very much that they weren't in the postseason when the season stopped yeah I guess life isn't fair you know life is not fair <laughs> I know that the heck you say I know that a little bit too well than most people do. And um, it'd be nice if people put this much thought and effort and care into keeping us all employed and, and uh, putting their money where their mouths are. But, you know, it, it's it's crazy. It's not fair. And 
good luck. If, if you can come up with some sort of solution that would keep the least amount of people upset, God bless. The, uh, the, uh, the last consideration with that is they're bringing a new team into the league in 2021 in Seattle, and yeah. they're going to want, you know, momentum going into that. They're going to want to have the entire playoffs to promote that new team coming in, whatever they wind up calling it. They're going to want to sell jerseys. They're going to want to sell season tickets. They're going to want to hype that up as much as possible. So, no, I do not see them throwing out half a season next year just just to finish out this one it's i'm sorry lou i love the idea i cannot from a you know a, a pragmatic standpoint i cannot see them doing it but uh that as you james said that is not for us to worry about uh you know at least not any more than in the abstract because we have no real power to make decisions on that current Fortunately, we do have the power to inform you, our listeners, about some hockey-related stuff because that is what is, in fact, our not only in our wheelhouse, but our responsibility. That is incumbent upon us to provide that service for you. And most specifically, to tee us up, I would put it on you, James. Could you please be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir, coach. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have the floor. A couple of HTDs ago, we talked about the great work hockey companies have been doing getting us all through this horrible pandemic. Milek is right in the thick of it, too, and we want to give them a well-earned thank you. And something to look forward to. Life is slowly trying to get back to normal around the world, but deck hockey has waited long enough. The good folks in Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania have a deck tournament set for mid-July, which sounds like music to our ears. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Cool, cool, cool. So, let's talk Milek, yeah? Yes. I mean, look, Milek, we've, we've talked about Milek many times on this podcast. Obviously, they are deck hockey. They invented it, essentially, at least in America. And they are, you know, the, the company that is most closely synonymous with deck hockey. That being said, there isn't much deck hockey being played right now. And companies and teams have thrown in however they can to try and help the war effort, as it were, because it really does in some ways feel like it must have been back in the 40s during World War II when everybody was swapping out their plants for whatever they normally manufactured for the war effort. So, you know, it, it feels in a lot of ways like that's what we're experiencing with people trying to churn out things to help deal with the COVID, but the COVID, I sound like a hillbilly <laughs> to deal with the COVID to, you know what I'm talking about? The virus, the pandemic or Starfire from uh, the teen Titans. But, if you're familiar with that. I'm not actually. Okay. Teen Titans is one that escaped me. I've heard many good things, but it's not something I ever watched or read. But I suppose that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so what's my leck up to? Are they churning out new hockey sticks? They are not. Are they making little orange balls? I doubt it. Are they busy making substandard goalie equipment? I don't think so. Sorry, my leck. Uh, you, you, you still have a long way to go, but that's neither here nor there. No, in fact, what they are doing is they are making flooring 
they are, are making a specific specialized flooring surface for medical tents for, you know, people who are dealing on the front lines with the pandemic. I'm trying not to laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. You're on your own, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, you can, you can, you know, when when you go looking for this podcast later and, and you can't quite find it, you know, track back, track back down the line to uh, to a siding where you can see exactly where James dropped out and it went completely off the rails. That's that's where we'll find this podcast. Yeah, so the, the flooring that they're making is something called deck mat. Now, the reason why they are doing this is because they have some experience making hockey surfaces that are, you know, built to withstand high traffic situations. People run up and down and up and down and up and down, you know, that they need something that can be easily like, you know, smooth-ish, but not without enough traction that you will fall. They need something that I guess can be cleaned pretty easily. And they most importantly need something that's going to be able to stand up to people walking around on it constantly. And it's, you know, not too dissimilar from the kind of surface that they already had expertise with in the deck hockey world. So they've made this stuff called deck mat and uh, they're, they're working in concert with a company called Progressive Emergency. And what they're doing is they are providing together municipalities, tents and equipment that are made to set up outdoor hospitals and triage centers, whatever they need. And this is something that's really, really valuable. I mean, it's not something sexy. Uh, not that masks are necessarily sexy or, uh, you know, respirators or what have you, but that's the stuff that you hear about. You know, th th that's masks and respirators and, and, and tests and all that stuff is abundantly, profoundly, incredibly important. But there's other stuff that is, you know, critical to fighting this thing and, and, and just dealing with this thing that isn't that loudly talked about. And this is one of those things. Exactly right, American Rhino. And that's what Milek President Rick LaPerriere said and thought. He's been doing this for the last 10 years, too, helping out when uh, it's needed for the surfaces. And exactly, that's what's so amazing about the surface. And, and it made such perfect sense for Milek to, to devote their attention to giving their flooring to such a great cause is that uh, exactly, it's durable, you could clean it quickly, and you could even swap it out if need be. If, if it's... it's something gets stained or there's something that you, you need to move, bam, you just, you take it out and you, you put in some new flooring and away you go. And it's that instant and it's that durable. It's that quick. It's, it's really quite amazing. And uh, even Mr. LaPerriere is quoted as saying, they love our flooring because the people aren't in the elements and not touching the ground and they could power wash it. You could steam clean it. It really, you can't hurt it in any way. So uh, you want to move, you just roll the floor up and move on. And that's exactly the criteria. It, it's like it was made for that, too. It's great mm. enough that you play such a great sport on the surface, but to, to come to aid people in times of need like this, absolutely remarkable. And way to go, Milek. Great job. You know, if they had had this stuff on MASH, I don't think Alan Alda would have been so crotchety. <laughs> Good point there, man. Good point. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. No. 
But uh, one thing, we, we did get this information from an article printed by, I believe, uh, Donine Durling is the author of this article. But there's something in the article that uh, the American Rhino and I have a little problem with where it, it said, there's nothing necessarily essential about deck hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I mean, I guess in these times when you really can't play and you can't gather, then I, I guess technically in the strictest interpretation, that is true. The same, however, cannot be said for deck hockey podcasts. Yeah. Those are absolutely essential services. Absolutely. Well, seriously, man. I mean, we have a lot of downtime. You know, we want to try and entertain you and take your minds off of uh, your problems and hopefully help uh, figure out what's going on with the NHL and, and other major sports out there, too. So mm -hmm. that, that'd, be, that'd be helpful. Um, but anyway, in, in the article, too, just being a little uh, funny here, is that uh, Donine did say, uh, nothing necessarily essential about deck hockey unless you really love to play. And then that's where the uh, the segue goes into making the flooring and donating the flooring to a medical tents and such. Mm hmm. And hey, if they have some left over and, and this thing, you know, abates a little bit, maybe in their spare time, they can uh, grab a stick and a ball and, and have a little fun. That's a great idea, too, because another thing which I didn't even realize, too, is that I've heard it said is that these doctors and, and nurses, they need a chance to to decompress a little bit and, and yeah, get away course. from it. So, it, you know, uh, that's not. A bad idea in all seriousness that if they could get off a shift and get on another one and get on yeah get on a fun shift <laughs> shoot the puck around a little bit just to blow off some steam or whatever yeah you know that that sounds like fun yeah you could probably work off a lot of frustration with a few slap shots absolutely learn a new skill while you're at it <laughs> get somebody to to make a goalie mask that has that covid virus on it you know aim at that Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. Like you were saying, yeah, World War II, where they had uh, depictions of Hitler and, and Stalin and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and Mussolini. Yeah, you know, that, that, that would work out just fine. Yeah, I could, I could just imagine the films, the, the, the newsreels on that. Dateline Wichenden and the Milek boys are at it again. They're making flooring for medical tents, helping our boys on the front line, fighting the COVID. <laughs> Dectone news yeah but that's what's going on now and and yes we love massachusetts and that, that hockey hawk bed over there but uh moving not too far off we could go to pennsylvania and they have a tournament scheduled right around my brother's birthday as a matter of fact in mid-july they're lighting the lamp in the fight against the virus from sea to shining sea yeah slowly we're working our way from the east to west Deck hockey is on the march. <laughs> Some patriotic music in there. <laughs> All right, I'm done. My voice is done. I'm done. Well, for the record, the American Rhino is wearing an awesome American flag shirt that has a huge hockey motif to it. Yeah, it's it's actually it's something I got. I I wish I badly wish this was one of ours, but I cannot take credit for it. It's something I found on Facebook a couple of years ago. It's a hockey net, but uh, the the like the mesh of the netting, the actual netting of the net is 
hockey sticks alternating red and white and and uh in the upper left hand corner is like a blue field of pucks that is made to look like an american flag inside a hockey net it's oh, oh it's and then the the curve of the sticks are the curve of the net and it's it's just oh it's such a beautiful shirt i love it and i bet they would love it in belvern in pennsylvania too hockey is on the march <laughs> that it is that it is so they have a three-on-three iron man deck hockey tournament and we know what an iron man deck hockey tournament's all about as you've heard mm-hmm. in a podcast past of hit the deck and uh, yeah we know a guy who's put on a few of those that's right and it's scheduled for july 11th through the 12th over the weekend and uh that's in a local area which i'm not going to try and pronounce where the uh rivers coincide there so we'll just stick with bell vernon i'll do it i have no shame all right god bless monongahela and yakagini that sounds great well done sir i'm not even going to attempt it you wrote it out phonetically. I just read it. Good job. I Even though I, I can't read it phonetically either. So that's the three-on-three tournament. And there are six different age groups. And it will be a fundraiser to improve the handicapped accessibility of the park that they're playing in. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to get excited about this thing, James. I do. I desperately miss hockey in any form. You know, any sports, really. It's, it's supposed to be baseball season. Sorry, I, I, I know I know this is a hockey podcast and I should be lamenting the loss of the NHL playoffs, but it should be baseball season. <sighs> anyway, I miss sports and I, I hope that they're able to pull this off safely, but I'm not holding my breath given, you know, how quickly this thing can flare up and, and plans can be canceled at the drop of a hat. So I, I like... I hope for the best. I hope they're able to do it. And I hope they're able to do it safely because if they can't do it safely, they shouldn't do it. But, you know, again, that's not my decision to make, thankfully. But uh, let's proceed under the assumption that it will happen for the sake of the podcast, if nothing else. Yeah, we need something to look forward to. But you're right, Gary. And and we're not uh, negative people either, Gary or I. But it's weird how in March we're saying, oh, maybe by mid-April we'll have our lives back. And then Mid-April comes and goes, and now we're in late May, for crying out loud, at the uh, the recording of this podcast. Memorial Day weekend is coming up, so you don't know. And um, exactly, at least there's something to look forward to. It's a couple months out, but it, nothing is guaranteed. And if you haven't learned that lesson by now, you're not paying attention, and maybe ignorance is bliss. But the good thing is that parts of the country are slowly opening up, and they're being very safe. They're being very responsible. So... Other areas, in, like Pennsylvania, for example, they have the, the means to do things like this better than New York, given the fact that there aren't as many people and, and you can have your space, which is important. Another thing, too, about New York, is, which is really disgusting, is one of the problems around here is the, uh, the litter problem. People are throwing face masks and gloves in the streets. Thank you very much. I don't think that they have those problems in uh, civilized areas in the country, so God bless you all that uh, know how to behave and and take care of each other. So, you know, hopefully Pennsylvania is at at the fore there. Uh, I know in in the South that uh, like North Carolina and South Carolina, they're doing pretty good. So slowly but surely we're coming back and and hopefully that's the trend. And this is uh, what we'll have something to look forward to. And 
especially too that their hearts are in the right place that it's not just a deck hockey tournament to have fun and, and play of course they want to have fun and they want to be able to play and it's open to uh, all different age groups from kids through adults but they want to raise money for the handicapped and the, the park itself the uh, north bell vernon councilman Mr. Sokol was saying that they opened the park up recently and they put over $1.1 million into it through funding and donations and volunteer work to make it a safe park because before then it was run down, it was vandalized, there was a drug problem there, but now that's all in the past. So that's great, something to, to build on, something to look forward to as well. And they had also... Uh, fundraisers in the past where they raised three thousand dollars over the last two years and to uh, this this particular tournament and it's to help the the handicapped accessibility too and uh, even something like wheelchair accessible picnic tables and and bleachers things that I never even thought of and that's not just because I'm, I'm ignorant I mean it's part of it but it's just something <laughs> that you, you don't consider so that that's all great to make everybody feel comfortable and inclusive. No matter what you're dealing with, that's fantastic. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, too, if there's enough the players out there because we are very familiar with uh, wheelchair uh, deck hockey leagues mm. that they might even have a team or two where uh, the participants are in wheelchairs themselves. Sure. You know what, James? I will play devil's advocate here and say this is a three-on-three -three tournament. If they're playing on a large enough surface, uh, they could probably goose the rules a little bit to keep people somewhat distanced even out on the rink and like obviously not as safe as not playing at all but they could probably make it so the risks are somewhat mitigated if if people you know try and, and keep their distance from one another they prohibit close coverage and and they mandate that teammates have to stay x number of feet apart when they're passing the puck to each other you can't go in the crease. You know, that. Yeah. I'm sure they could adjust the rules. This is deck hockey. This isn't the, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They could goose the rules enough, I think, to make it somewhat safe to play in this thing. So, yeah, I'm in favor of it. And if they do play, then really, I think above all else, please film it. Please stream yeah. it. Please yeah. put it online. Please something. Just let, let us see it, please. Hey, Amen. Great, great idea. American Rado, great thinking. We are definitely on board with that. And if you need some broadcasters, we know some people. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so just a little bit of detail for if you're interested in, in signing up and, and if you're in the area, it's held at Bill's Deck Hockey in uh, Vernon, North Vernon. And uh, also, too, that you are guaranteed three games to play. The teams can consist of as many as six, including one goalie. And the cost for each team is just 150 bucks a pop. Again, it's all for charity, going to good use. And you're going to have a lot of fun and guaranteed three games. And then I think the uh, for, for the 11th, July 11th, and then on the 12th, I believe that's when the uh, finals will take place. And then an overall champion will be crowned. And they aren't being ignorant about it either. They know in this article, too, it, it's stated that uh, the coronavirus pandemic hopefully will subside by July and that they can build on the 200-plus players that they had at last year's event this year. And I think I think the way everybody feels, we all want to get out. <laughs> so mm. hopefully they'll obliterate that 200-plus uh, players 
and set all kinds of records and raise thousands and thousands of dollars. Okay, time out. It's an Ironman tournament. Three on three. How do you have teams of six? Like, do some players not play? Like, do they swap them out between games? How does that work? That, that, that's not how an Ironman tournament works. In an Ironman tournament, you play every minute of the game. I guess they do it differently from uh, certain leagues to the other. I don't know. Especially if you have kids. That is barely an aluminum man tournament, James. Don't try and don't don't try and pass this, uh, you know, shift break nonsense on me with an Iron Man. To tell your story walking there, pal. <laughs> um, this this isn't the RS Raleigh Street Hockey League. <laughs> tell it to Cal Ripken. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know who else doesn't play by the rules, James? Oh no. <laughs> yep, that's right. Listener, you've been very, very good. And I think you deserve a little treat here at the end of the podcast. So I got the good stuff. I got what you need. I got one more brand new edition of everybody's favorite recurring segment, namely This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And James, you know, James, why don't you start us off? Because you told me about something that I missed out on. And uh, I, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I missed this little grit bit. So uh, why don't you start off the segment? You're way too generous. And uh, it's the only time I've ever actually gotten a scoop of uh, gritty on you. So thank you for letting me have the spotlight here. Mm -hmm. To cross promote, and this is just so happens to be, that there's an awesome podcast that uh, Gary and I know of and enjoy listening to, and hopefully yeah. you will too, called Vintage Picard. Vintage? You said Vintage Picard was the name of the podcast? Yes, sir. What's it about? It's about uh, Star Trek Picard, the uh, yeah. the streaming series on, on CBS. I've heard of it. I've, I've yeah. seen it. I've watched it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. And Star Trek at large. So sure. it doesn't okay. just stop. Yeah. At, uh, well, at, that at, makes sense since, since the season for that is over. So exactly. they would have to talk about. Yeah, that's great. Right. And they're two guys that, that uh, take Star Trek very seriously, but themselves not so much. So it's well, really, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. You have to. You go crazy. A lot of humor involved and uh, and great, great drops, too, which is just brilliant. And I enjoy listening to very much and always okay. laugh at. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. How's the merch? Oh, the merch is fantastic. Thank you for mentioning that. Speaking of wearing great shirts and such. I mean, every good podcast has merch. It's true. It's true. There's a character in, in Star Trek Picard named Elnor. Mm -hmm. And he's... I've uh, heard it. Yeah, Elnor. He's, he's, he's cool. He's a Romulan-like samurai dude. He's much cooler than I just made him out to be. He kicks butt, yeah. And, yes. and he has a great catchphrase and, and everything. he gives you a choice. Yeah, he, That's he gives right. you a choice whether or not you will get your butt kicked. He's, he's good that way. Well, what Vintage Picard designed was this awesome shirt, which has the silhouette of uh -huh. this character. Oh, sure, sure. He, Recognizable. Has, yes, of, of Elnor, and he has a sword. Mm -hmm. And the silhouette is made up of words that either he's said, you know, quotes of his or descriptions of the character. You're kidding. Does it have like his one catchphrase? It does indeed. Wow. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And it's, you it's... know, if, if I was like, if I was going to make something like that, I think what I would probably do since it is so prominent and well-known and closely associated with his character, I'd probably put that like right in the blade of the sword that, that catchphrase and maybe, maybe highlighted it in another color, like green, like Romulan blood. 
yeah, that that I think that's probably what I would do if I were to design a shirt like that. Well, then you're on the same pace as the brilliant mind that designed the shirt because that's exactly what it is. You're kidding. No, man. We'll give you a link too to, to just describe it. It's kind of hard to describe because we're not doing it justice. And it's really affordable too. It's like 17 bucks or something for, for a great t-shirt. So, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of people who sell these kind of things. They, they sell, like they give you different options for different styles of shirt, you know, different materials or, or even like a sweatshirt or, or something like that. Yeah. So if you wanted to, to switch it up, they, that would, that would be a good option. Right. So it's, it's vintage Picard and it's available on Teespring. Uh-huh. So you could go check that out. And again, we'll, we'll have the link for you to, to check it out. But anyway, cool. the, the reason why we're bringing all this up is that that's how I found out that Will Wheaton mm-hmm. who's associated with Star Trek. If you're not familiar, Wesley Crusher. Thank you, sir. From the next generation. Exactly. He has an Instagram page and every morning he wakes up and, and he takes a picture of himself as a joke and shows off his, uh, his bed hair. Mm-hmm. Well, one bed picture, head, sure. thank you. One picture that he recently posted, mm-hmm. he's drinking a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and guess who is on the cup of coffee? Is it Elnor? It's not Elnor. Ah, that's a shame. It's That'd a very, be cool. very bad guy. Uh-huh. Uh, is it, uh, uh, Khan? No, the good guess, good guess. Getting Thank warmer you. though, getting warmer. Uh-huh. Sure. Um uh is it is it William Shatner? <laughs> uh you should by the, just to decide. I, this isn't a Star Trek podcast, but if you are a fan or even if you just don't like William Shatner, you should look up Will Wheaton's video where he tells the story F William Shatner. <laughs> it's very funny. Very funny. It it's it's about an encounter that he had with Mr. Shatner that didn't turn out so well for him. Oh boy. Well, anyway, the image on the mug that Will Wheaton is drinking out of sure. is of Gritty. Shut up, Wesley. Oh, Gritty. Gritty. Yeah. Of course, you know, given the segment and the context, I should have guessed Gritty. I'm sorry. I I I just I dragged it out way too long. No, because, uh, no, I'm, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Gritty. Gritty. Wait a minute. Isn't Will Wheaton a Kings fan? That's correct. Exactly. That's true. That's absolutely right. And I was just going to say that as well. So I don't know if he's just a hockey fan in general, but I just could not believe my eyes because worlds collided. You know, we have this Hit the Deck podcast. We talk about hockey. We love this uh, other podcast about uh, Star Trek and and, and Star Trek Picard called Vintage Picard. I don't always love it, James. There (laughs) there are times when I, I, I definitively have less than love for it understood <laughs> and then there was will wheaton drinking out of his for gritty days mind. on end this must stop it has gone too far sorry will wheaton yeah that's that's uh i'm a little i mean i get it given will wheaton's personality i get why he'd be a fan but i'm um, still a little disappointed i suggest you put your personal discomfort on one side now i understand why picard threw him off the bridge all those years ago it's becoming all too evident <laughs> Yeah, he did not disappoint. <laughs> hmm, yeah. Uh, you are all of us, Captain Jean-Luc Picard. You, you, you are us. You finished? But uh, thank you. Good report, James. Thank but you. But that is not all. That is not all that Gritty has been up to. I mean, that is kind of Gritty in absentia. But I have, for your listening enjoyment, I have some more active, hands-on, first-person Gritty to share with you. So... 
First off, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, Gritty is doing regularly these Instagram segments called the Quarter Hour of Power, where, you know, I think daily or, or at least regularly he'll do these whatever videos. Uh, sometimes it's just him. Sometimes he has guests on via, you know, like Zoom or Skype or some kind of video conferencing service. And it's just like, you know, 15 minutes or, or so out of the day of Gritty for, for your enjoyment. Don't you forget about Grit, I guess. <laughs> so uh, this is no different. Uh, recently, Gritty engaged in some solo line dancing oh, on gosh. one of these things. Played different musical tracks and, and just did some line dances to them all by himself. Uh, um, uh, you know what? It's probably one of the least offensive and problematic things that Gritty has ever done. So I guess credit where credit is due. Um, so also last time on the podcast, last time on Hit the Deck. What are you doing? We discussed Gritty's parade, his, his special Gritty parade atop a fire truck. Well, some new video came out from that parade and, uh, it seems that he spent at least part of it, uh, you know, atop the fire truck. It, now, if you were in a parade, James, and you were a big star in your local community, how might you greet your passersby, your adoring public? You know, what 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 state might you comport yourself in atop the vehicle that is escorting you around town? You wouldn't be waving and smiling? Would you be, you'd be like standing and waving and smiling at people and just generally get... Of course, because you're not gritty. No, when you're gritty, what you do is just lay out atop the fire truck in a sexy pose oh. and, uh, you know, just kind of display your grit bits for everyone to see. Was he clothed at least? I, I think he was at least partially clothed, yes. Oh my goodness. But But still... Aren't people suffering enough? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so also, in, in honor of Mother's Day, because it's been a while since we did it this week in Gritty, but in honor of Mother's Day, James, Gritty felt he needed to give back a little. So he, he posted a video of himself at home or someone's home, because as we've previously established here on the podcast, his ostensible home is the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center. So for him to have a house somewhere, he must have like eaten the owner uh, or, or, you know, killed and hidden in a basement or something. Basically usurped someone's dwelling. <laughs> but anyway, so whatever home he happens to be in, he was sitting in the living room watching Bambi on the television. And, uh, you know, in, in in honor of mothers, in tribute to mothers, as you know how how Bambi works. At the beginning, Bambi's with his mom, and uh, and 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 the mom's teaching Bambi how to be a deer, and then then things go kind of wrong, and you can see as the moment, that awful moment. You know what happens, but you can see as the awful moment approaches, Gritty is getting more and more agitated and more uh, visibly upset. And so right, right at the moment when the hunter shoots Bambi's mother, Gritty hurls himself, leaps in front of the television to take the bullet for Bambi's mom. And then, uh, then the, the movie, I guess, restarts. So it is as if Gritty has saved her. Uh, 
he's defying physics now. He he did it. He did it for Bambi's mom. <laughs> for mothers everywhere. He did it for mothers everywhere, James. Did he he's a hero. Did he destroy the TV? <laughs> no, no. He just jumped past it. He didn't actually jump into it or at it. Well, I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> HDTVs, even in this day and age, aren't a dime a dozen. You know, they, they, they do cost some coin. Well, so. speaking of Star Trek, I think that would have worked well in a hollow suite or something, but... Not and Gritty's out of work these days, so, you know, he can't too. just be destroying televisions. No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, finally, James, last, last bit of grit here on This Week in Gritty. And this is something that uh, maybe Will Wheaton engaged in. He, he is an NHL fan, and uh, specifically right now, the NHL fan voting is occurring. The, the votes that the fans cast for several different categories and among those categories are best mascot now gritty tweeted in uh you know to his gritisons he tweeted out the link to this contest this this fan vote with the caption if you let me lose i'll literally never forgive you and so you know that's nice he loves his fans so uh james yeah you know I, I went on on this this site, and well, I voted. I I cast a vote myself. I cast a ballot, and I think as Ranger fans, you and I, we are we are the ultimate, um, the 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 ultimate impartial voters because the Rangers are the only NHL team without a mascot. So, you know, we have that power, and given everything that gritty has has done for us over the years i i took that into consideration uh all the content that he's provided us with and 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 the hours of of topics that we've discussed about him i i took that with me as i i approached the the polling place as it were the ballot box and james uh you may be interested to know because i found this very interesting that at the time of voting which was uh maybe two hours ago as we record for me at the time of voting gritty was in a statistical tie at 23 percent with chance the las vegas golden knights mascot oh (laughs) so you know i i had seen something that that he was very close with chance at the time before I cast my ballot. So I knew it was close and I knew my vote was important in this case. And as I said, I, I considered everything that Gritty has, has, has done for us and, and been to us here on this podcast. And I want you to know, James, I did the right thing. I obviously voted for chance. <laughs> I know this is America and I'm not required to disclose my vote, but what the heck? Uh, you can, you know, you can take that exit poll. I voted for chance and you can do the same listener, but hurry up. I don't know when the polls close on this thing. Okay. <laughs> and James, I am happy to report that that has been this week in gritty. This week in gritty. Anything to say before we wrap this thing up, James? No, I'm good. And so once again, we bring another edition of the Hit the Deck podcast to a close with a triumphant 
Last minute remaining in the podcast. And once again, dear listener, we would like to thank you for listening to Hit the Deck. It is because of your efforts that we are able to bring you this hockey podcast each and every week, straight to your ears. My my wife is in the room. I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's going to hurt me. Um, <laughs> no, she's not going to hurt me. She's, she learned to tune out my nonsense long ago. Anyway, no, in all seriousness, listener, please, please know that we do desperately appreciate your support and your loyalty to this podcast over the years. And we, we, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you for that. We, we really do appreciate you. We would also like to thank Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music. And we would invite you if you want to join the conversation, if you have opinions on how the NHL or any sport is planning on relaunching in this current climate, we want to hear them. So please do like Lou and email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or tweet at us, hitthedeckpod, at hitthedeck on Facebook and Instagram. You can get us. We can be got. So please do that. While you're doing that, or it doesn't have to be exactly concurrent, but somewhere in the same vicinity, if you have not already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Please subscribe to the podcast. It'll be better for you. It'll be better for us. Everybody wins. I mean, you know, in theory, everybody wins. You will have to hear about more gritty nonsense and me, obviously. There's always me. But uh, in theory, everybody wins. So, you know, we're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean or Spreaker or Spotify or many other platforms. Please find us on one of their subscribe. You'll be glad you did. And uh, of course, YouTube. We are on YouTube and... Uh, don't you forget about that. Oh, and I'd like to thank those of you who have gone out of your way to rate us on Apple Podcasts. We really, really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already done so, Apple Podcasts, which, you know, iTunes, basically, that is the big one. But if you have a different service that you use, please feel free to rate us there as well. We, You know, it, it really, I can't stress this enough. It goes a long way to helping us. So, you know, please consider doing that if you haven't already. And and we, we would be eternally grateful to you for that. James, is there anything that you'd care to add here at the end? Yes, this one's for you, American Rhino. <laughs> Anybody out there looking to play deck when this pandemic is over, please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the DCSH, the DCHL, and Deck Superstars. Donate to LaGrange Hockey, follow M Power Play, and download the Sakoa Media app. Tell them all, hit the deck, Sancha, and thanks for listening, and have a very good Memorial Day, everybody. And thank you, James. Buddy, I didn't know you had it in you. I am proud of you. <laughs> Neither that did was I. That was great. <laughs> you, you inspire me, so thank you. That was fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. And dear listener, I, I thank you, of course, as well as ever, as always. I thank you on this Memorial Day weekend and every time. I, 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 I do really, I want to impress upon you, dear listener, as always, that whether you are rewriting the rules of your league from the ground up or just trying to get back to the way things were, 
Whether you are making a difference out there on the front lines or just making a mess in your living room, regardless of what you find yourself doing, as ever, I would encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. All right, buddy. This has been another bombastic episode of Hit the Deck. Bye. Good night, sir.